Hello and welcome to episode 1093 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is August 30th and that's a Tuesday. I said that in the wrong order. I'm your host, Paul Spohr. Joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on? Oh, it's just another beautiful day in paradise. Uh, it is supposed to get hot as hell here. Uh, and today's like our last day where it's not going to be hot as hell. So uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. It is only like nine o'clock in the morning. But... Yeah, it's pretty early. I think, um, I think I saw a tweet. We're on 93 days where it hasn't gotten under 90. So I hear you on, on the heat. We did get a bunch of rain recently, which we need. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're from certain parts of the country, like yourself in California, myself in Texas, you want the rain all the time. You need every drop that we can get. So I, I would trade some 90 or 100 degree days because I think we're going to hit, I think we're going to hit like 105 this weekend. Um, but uh, for some rain, like all we have day. not had rain. Like I, I'd all. trade them on a 10 to 1 ratio. There's mm -hmm. 10 nice days or warm days. At least they're not always nice. They're sweltering for some more rain, please. For, for the love of God, like, you know, not to go down a huge tangent on this, but like there's like water usage rules that you have. So our grass just died. But then with all this rain, you can already just see it coming back. Like it's just been so starved for any water that like it's already immediately coming back with a nice little rain. So we always need it. Obviously, lots of uh, drought-like situations across the country and across the world. But uh, we're not here to do a climate change episode. Uh, we're here to talk some baseball. And we got some really interesting call-ups. Now, don't forget, this, is, this wave is coming right now due in large part to the rule changes with regards to rookie of the year eligibility and the compensation picks that teams can get. So if you were wondering why, particularly the number one guy that we're going to talk about, Corbin Carroll, maybe wasn't called up a little bit earlier, I think it was with that in mind to ensure that he can maintain rookie status and still possibly win rookie of the year next year, and then they would get a comp pick. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't believe that's necessarily the case with, like, Eggy Rosario. By the way, I did a solo episode. I called him E-Guy the whole time. I'd never heard his name, didn't know. Thanks to Tim. Is it Tim Karanak? Is it, how, how, what's his last name? You know Tim, right? Oh, Kanak, uh, Kanak, Tim Kanak. He is one who told me the right uh, uh, pronunciation there. It's Eggy. Uh, it looks like E-Guy, but it's Eggy Rosario. I don't think that's the case with him, but like Corbin Mitchell or uh, Corbin Carroll, Garrett Mitchell, Kate Cavalli, any three of them, like they're legit prospects. They could do a rookie of the year run next year. And so now they're protected there. All four of them are called up. Let's start with Corbin Carroll. He's the big one, obviously, in Arizona. Massive season. Um going to be kind of this last giant play in NFBC next week uh, because people that have, you know, anything triple digits, I think we're going to see a lot of it go for Corbin Carroll. He had 23 homers across double and triple a with 32 steals. Now he went 16, 20 in 58 games at double a and then seven 11 in 33 games at triple a with great uh, slash lines at both levels, 167 WRC plus and 135 WRC plus respectively. Now both good places to hit as well. So keep that in mind and, and remember uh, uh, Alec Thomas and when he came up. Now, Carroll is a better prospect, but Thomas came up, had some early success, and then has kind of tapered off a bit and to the point where now he's at an 81 WRC+. plus. He's popping up on waiver wires. What do you see out of Corbin Carroll for this last month here? Obviously, with such a short sample, I know it can go a lot of different ways, but what is your realistic expectation here? While we both understand that you got to pick him up everywhere because the upside is rich, what do you think happens, though? Who, what do I think happens? Yeah, like that, what, what do you realistically think? And this is what I'm going to get. I'm going to, again, we're, we're going to go, you're in agreement, right? That it's automatic go for in every league just because of absolutely. the upside. Yeah, yeah. But 
that doesn't mean we think he's definitely going to be 10 team viable the whole month. So what do you think Corbin Carroll's actually going to do push come to shove? I think he could be, uh, you know, I, like, I mean, it's, you never know with a prospect, right? Of we course. thought, we thought, uh, uh, Kalnick was like going to be like the guy. Right. And, like, well, and the last thing we would have thought was the strikeouts. Cause he had like a 15% at triple A. I know you and I were heavily bought in. We're like, this guy's ready. He can hit. He has a hit tool down there. So yeah, you never know. And but so I, I think Carroll could be hot off rip too. I do too. And I mean, it, it all comes down to uh, a good ability to control the strike zone, uh, really great contact skills uh, and speed. Like he's a legit speedster. Like, you know, I think we have him down for 70 grade speed mm -hmm. um, Yeah, uh, on fan graphs. Like, yeah, that's, you know, and a well, 50 grade hit tool right now with a potential 70 grade hit tool down the line. Like that is a legit stud, especially in fantasy when we're talking about a guy who's not a zero in terms of power. Like he's probably got league average power, if not maybe a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think he has all the right tools to be ready um, and to dominate from rip um, and be good from rip. And even even last night, like it's obviously it's one game, but 100% zone contact. Like, that's what I want to see from yep. a guy who's up in his first game. Like, he, and he didn't shy away from a big moment. Like, I don't know. He looks like he's the legit real deal. Uh, in my three-sport draft, the guy, uh, Eli Rosenzweig, so those of you who've, uh, you know, been following just my work for a really long time, like back in the day, beginning of Friends Fans Metaphys, he was one of my co-hosts over there. He uh, doesn't do content anymore, but he's just a really, really good uh, player. Uh, a fantasy player, um, he took Corbin Carroll like inside of the top, like I want to say 60 picks or something like that. Wow. Um, went ahead, like right ahead of Starling Marte, who I grabbed, you know, a little bit later that round. So, like, um, I love Carroll, so I get it. Like, he is going to be this year or next year's Bobby Witt Jr. or or Julio Rodriguez in terms of where people are going to be drafting him. He's going to go inside the top four rounds, especially now that he's up. If he hits so, at all, like he's going to be a, he's going to be a top, maybe even a top three round hitter. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I think that's an interesting comp. He does have the, this experience makes him a little bit different from those two with Corbin Carroll. Cause they'll mm -hmm. have the month. Whereas those two started off cheap in the winter and into the early spring and then spiked. If he crushes in September, Corbin Carroll is going to be expensive off rip and we're going to talk about some other guys uh when we get into some august stud hitters and what they look like going forward and a guy that i could also think is going to be very very high based off what he's done not not quite like wit and j-rod because he played a whole or most of this year but michael harris we're going to get into so a lot of these guys are on the rise here and i think corbin carroll has a chance to be a high impact guy uh the hit tool the speed and the power that can be just enough at its best there is some of that Trey Turner vibe. That's that's the 90th, 95th, 100th percentile outcome here. I'm not saying that's who he is, but that's the kind of mold mm -hmm. that we're looking at here, right, with Corbin Carroll, that it's that Trey Turner type of excellence. So that's why there's going to be a ton of excitement this weekend. The only difference, though, is that uh, Carroll has walked at a double-digit rate all through the minor leagues. Yes. So we're talking about a guy, um, you know, Trey Turner's never been, like, a huge walk guy necessarily. Um and that's and so, a great way to stabilize your on base to keep those mm -hmm. SB attempts coming. Yeah, even when you're struggling, you know, maybe at the dish, like early, you know, young players often do have moments where they struggle. Like, like he could offset that with, you know, just a huge walk. 
Absolutely. Another interesting speed guy who has somewhat of kind of a Corbin Carroll starter kit, but not quite uh, the height and not quite as developed just yet is Garrett Mitchell out in Milwaukee. He also had a double triple A season this year, a little bit of time at the complex league too. Um, 44 games at double A, 107 WRC plus four homers, seven steals, 20 games at triple A, one homer, nine steals with a 148 WRC plus. Uh, he's got 70 speed as well. Raw power is 60, but only 30 in game right now. He hasn't quite brought it there. 35 hit with 50 upside. So you can see that, that where the growth can come from for Garrett Mitchell, where he could be pretty impressive. So far, he's hit the ground running. It's eight plate appearances. It means nothing. I understand one homer, one steal. Uh, but Garrett Mitchell, I think, could be an interesting consolation prize if you don't have the money for Carroll or if you lose out. What do you think about Garrett Mitchell in Milwaukee? Can he get enough PT to make, make an impact down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the playing time is really the question. Um, like, right now, we've got him in a strong side platoon. I'll take that. Like, you know, yeah. especially in deeper formats where Mitchell's going to be a little bit more attractive. I mean, he is a much more risky profile because he does not have the contact skills uh, that uh, yeah, Corbin Carroll obviously does. Um, but, like, I think he's a guy who could strike out at, like, a 30-plus percent rate. He's got, he's got speed. We know he has speed. Like, there is raw power in there, but like you said, hard. He has not unlocked it. Like we're talking about, like Homer, four homers at like each stop along the way. Like we're not talking about a guy who. Uh, but we know the Brewers like to run. Um, it seems like they're going to give him a chance to play. If he can get on base enough, uh, you know, he could end up being a pretty interesting stolen base threat. And he's another guy who's walked at double-digit rates throughout the minor leagues. And the Brewers will all, uh, obviously, when he's not in the starting lineup, potentially use him as like a pinch runner in close games and stuff. So, Love it. Um, yeah, I think he, I mean, he's the guy who's going to kind of go under the radar at it, probably out of his entire group. Uh, and he becomes a lot more interesting in your deeper formats. I don't think he's 10-team viable, um, at least not yet. Not yet with Garrett Mitchell, I agree, because... You can likely find a full-time starter somewhere on the wire right now. You don't necessarily need to go for somebody who's in a strong side platoon. And we don't know, you know, how, how well Garrett Mitchell is going to do yet. Keep an eye on him though, but because if he keeps going, he's off to, like I said, a fast start uh, three for seven or two for seven with a Homer. Um, then you can jump in, but 12s, 15s is where you're looking at him now as that Corbin Carroll constellation, like Garrett Mitchell in Milwaukee. Kate Cavalli came up. And uh, Eno posted some information how his stuff was absolutely nasty, but so is his command in the opposite way. It was nasty, gross. You don't want to look at it because uh, it, it wasn't there. So you saw the good and the bad in the four and the third innings where he gave up seven runs but had six strikeouts as well. So we know where, what Ken Cavalli is kind of standard pitching prospect stuff where it's like elite stuff, no clue where it's going, what's the development going to look like, is Kate Cavalli somebody you're looking for down the stretch? Or is it too volatile and too scary that he could hurt more than he helps? Like, is it team specific where you got to be kind of in Hail Mary mode? Or do you think he can settle and be just a solid impact guy down the stretch, Kate Cavalli? I think you play matchups with him. He's got no start against Oakland. I picked him up, but you and I were talking prior to the, to the show, and I'm like, I'm starting like half of the rotation of the Nationals. And I'm yeah, like, you are. Um, you know, because they're, they've got a home series versus the A's. So mm -hmm. uh, I picked him up in Tout Wars this week uh, for $7. And, um, and that's ML only, right? No, no, it's it's uh, okay. You're in the mixer. Mix. Yeah, I'm 15 team mix. So yeah, against Oakland, I, I can get behind that. I really can. You got to take I mean, that shot. 
especially in a league like Tout, where it's like, you know, like more similar, I think, to uh, other people's leagues. It's a 15 team league, but there's unlimited IL. So, like, there's nothing on the waiver wire right now. Like, we, you and I have been complaining about in our main event, nothing being on the wire. Like, there's nothing on this wire. No, like, so everyone's stashed. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping for the best. You see the stuff. The stuff is amazing. Uh, but uh, the command is a real issue. I think that's going to lead to home runs. Uh, and uh, so we'll, uh, it's a gamble, but it's a high upside gamble. So if you're like, if you're in need of wins, like, you know, and strikeouts, like play, you know, you can play that kind of gamble against certain teams. You know, I, I, I'm willing, I'm taking it one week at a time with Cavalli. Um, you know, he's also got a really long injury history. So, yes. uh, like, you know, for, for guys who are thinking about for next year, you know, if he throws a, like a gem against Oakland, it may be a really good sell high point as well in, in, in Dynasty Keeper. Let me let me paint a picture for you. Let's say Mr. Cavalli does do well against Oakland. Six innings, one run, seven mm-hmm. Ks. You get what you want, you can get your dub. Would you would you throw him at St. Louis next week? Good park, but scary as hell team. Yeah, that's tough. I know, I know, I know. I don't think I will, um, but I just I, if he comes out and dominates. Obviously, it depends on your league, right? Like yeah. where you're at. Like if if what we're about talking you in that tout though, in that tout situation, he gives you the, what might. you want. Do you take your your win for seven bucks and move on, or do you put it back on back on red and double down on him? Um, I think I'd have to see what my other starters look like um, and, and who they're starting and, and who they're starting against. But I might. But you're because, considering it, okay. The, that you would even consider it, I think, is an interesting point because St. Louis is a scary team right now. But if Cavalli shows that command, even against Oakland, I know they suck. But if he dominates them, I think it does add intrigue for the following week. Yeah, I think I, I still, I mean, God, that 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 St. Louis and now Tyler O'Neill's heating up. Yes, like and so like I mean, there's like and, and Pujols is like in the chase for 700 has I like. It, dude, I hope he gets he, it. I he's gonna get it. I think he's gonna get it. They're gonna play him every day. I think some dudes are gonna sauce a few there. Absolutely. I think some some righties are gonna be open to like maybe just saying, "Listen, if he hits it, I'm gonna I'm not gonna like throw it five miles an hour slower than I do, but I'm not gonna." Especially if you're in a game that doesn't matter. Like if you're like, don't you like like I know nobody wants to be like the poster boy for giving up, but like, do you remember the name of the guy that Bonds hit the last home run off of? I'm a giant. Oh, was I, it? I do remember. Yeah, I do oh, remember. Yeah, I'm a Giants fan. I don't even remember. Like, no, but right. that, like, what do you mean though? Like, I, I think that's a. I would want to be remembered. For I that. have I'm that sorry. poster in my like office of me getting fucking, you know, like he's the Barry is a god. So like Mike Basic, I don't think goes around hanging his head on that one. You no. know, if you give up the seven hundredths to pool holes. I don't think you're some loser. You're like ah. He got. He was there. He got to yeah. be there. Like yeah. he was. He was a part of. He. He's responsible for it. Like you know? I, yeah, I'm sure some people are like shaking their. Like, no, I could never do. I was like, I don't know. It, I think I just think again, like you said, if you're in a meeting, if you're fighting for the game, I'm not saucing him one. I don't care if we're the yeah. Nats. If we're the Nats and we're dog shit, so, but we're up five two, I'm not saucing him one with two runners on. But if we're down eight one, I'm just throwing some fastballs in the zone and just seeing what's up. Just seeing if pools could maybe hit hit it. I'm, like, I'm 
pulling a granky and like yelling out what pitch is coming. Like, <laughs> yeah, telling them what's coming to see if they can hit it. It's a, um, a seventy mile an hour changeup right down the middle for you. Can you wait back? Can you wait yeah. back? <laughs> uh, all right, last prospect here, Eggy Rosario for the St. Louis. Uh, for, excuse me, for the San Diego Padres is coming up. What do we think of Eggy? Um, it's a great name. It is better than than E guy, which is what I thought it was. So I'm I'm glad to have been corrected there. But he's going to come up. I don't know if he's going to play enough to make an impact. I think that's kind of the biggest issue here, and really relegates him to the deepest of formats. But I think if you let's here, here's an example. If you're in a deeper mixer or an NL only, uh, well, I guess it wouldn't work if you're an NL only, but because the, the name I'm going to use. But Bubba Thompson was somebody that those of us in deeper leagues were chasing just because we wanted steals. He can't hit a lick. We know that. We got him. He's got some steals for us. Eggy's got a little bit more poppy at 21 homers in AAA this year with 20 steals. But I think if you're if you're chasing steals specifically, that might be your best use case for an Eggy Rosario. He hasn't even made a start yet. He's only pinch hit a couple of times. I think deep, deep, deep leagues, I'm thinking like 18-team mixers and NL only are the only shot where I'm looking at Rosario right now. What do you think? What do you think about Rosario rest of season, but then long-term? Because I do think he has some dynasty appeal that you could maybe hint on. Yeah, um, I think he is a really good reminder of why, like, PCL numbers can, like, overinflate someone's value. Because I think people are going to think he's got a lot more power in his bat than he probably does. Um, considering what he, you said, he hit 20 home runs in 20, 21 home runs in AAA this year as a, as a 23 year old. Um, uh, speed's legit, I think. I mean, uh, but. We, I just don't know where he plays, even next yeah. year. Like, when you know, now they're gonna have Tatis back at some point. Um, you know, like, where is let me just illuminate one thing real quick because you made this great point about the AAA PCL and, and inflation of numbers. He has an 895 OPS, which was good for a 119 WRC plus in double A. Eggy had an 815, so an 80 point difference, virtually the same WRC plus 118. So that really shows you yeah. how much of an offense. El Paso specifically, so the home park of the Padres is particularly nice, but then several parks around there are nice. Yeah, he gets Do to play get on those 21 homers. Do yeah, not. he gets gets to play in like Albuquerque, Albuquerque, Vegas, Rings, yeah, Vegas, yeah. like. Uh, so like, like he gets playing all these great parts. So like, I like the homers. Like I'm not as like super like, oh, he's gonna hit for power. Like I think he can hit for some power, and maybe oh, yeah. maybe like our original Fangraphs grade on him um, being like a forty something uh, into forty five raw power. Maybe that's a little bit low. So like maybe he could be a league average power guy if he got full time plate appearances. I just don't know that he's gonna get enough plate appearances to matter. Yeah, um, that's the issue right now. There is no room at the end. He's up as a guy who can bounce around the infield. Eggy, Eggy Rosario is who we're talking about here uh, with some speed. I think he could – does he play outfield too or am I tripping on that? Maybe it is just infield. I, I know he played third He's played third base in his only game up, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he'll that. bounce around the infield, give him some depth. If something opens up, we can revisit him, but I don't think we need to go much deeper right now because I just don't see – uh, a whole lot of reason to go out and get Eggy right now. He's the kind of guy you pick up if you don't have to throw him into your lineup. Um, yeah, if you can just stash and and you're like, I want to stash this potential speed demon. Yeah. Okay, fine. But you, I think you need an injury right now 
um, on the San Diego infield to really see Eggie Rosario get legit play. Um, unless they're going to move Machado back to short or something like that. Like then Kim's on fire, so I don't think yeah. so. Uh, Kim's been awesome, so I would be really surprised if they if they did that. He's been really sharp lately, so hopefully not. Um, and then that just doesn't leave any room for Eggie to play a whole lot. So that's Eggie Rosario, deep, deep, deep leagues right now with him. Let's talk a bit about this Tony Gonsolin injury. He was placed on the IL yesterday out of the blue. And anytime the Dodgers do stuff like that, you instantly start to get the whole phantom IL, Dodgeritis. This is sketchy. I got to be honest, Jay, I don't see it this way on this one. I, I think yeah. it's a legit injury. Like, I, I just, what, to what end are they doing? Now, they don't need, they're, they're, they're set really nicely. The Mets could maybe catch them for the one seed. They're seven up on the Mets. That's still a lot, seven games uh, yeah. to catch them. They don't need to have pedal to the metal. They don't have all the pitching depth that they've had in recent years. They had to use Michael Grove yesterday. Um, and I think Pepio might get the start this weekend up for Gonsolin's spot. Do you agree with some of the sentiment that this is uh, this is phantom and this is BS and they're just trying to rest him? Or do you think there's some real concern here with Gonsolin? Because that's the side I lean on is that I think it's a legit injury personally. Yeah, I mean, I, you and I were talking about this prior to recording and you know, I, I talked about like they announced they were going to a six-man rotation yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, are they then going to then the next day put a guy like Gonsolin on the IL with a phantom issue? I don't think so. Like they don't have the depth in this rotation that has, you know, really helped them in the playoffs in, in, in the regular seasons of past. Like this is a, this is a rotation that's hung, like put together by duct tape. Um, and I don't, you know, and they're usually not this specific, usually like when there's a phantom IL sent, it's like general soreness It's arm fatigue. It's like, you know, it's, it's one of these things that isn't super specific to a body area. This is forearm strain. Um, like that's super, super concerning. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think this is a phantom thing. Obviously, you're holding on to him. He's just been too good not to. Uh, but uh, I would be very, very concerned uh, if I was a Gonsolin, uh, you know, if I rostered Gonsolin in the league, or if I was a Dodgers fan. Like, like yeah. you have this huge lead. And, like, you know, now the guy who's really helped carry, you know, part of that pitching staff. He's basically taken Bueller's spot, right? Yeah. He has filled in the Bueller role so that they still he's have. He's been arguably the best pitcher in baseball this year. Like, exactly. Like, he's in the Cy Young mix. I still think yeah. it's Sandy. But you, mm-hmm. you can make a nice Gonsolin case. And it's been Urias, Gonsolin, Kershaw when Kershaw was there. Now Kershaw's hurt. Bueller's gone. What are you relying on now? You can't push May too hard. A healthy Andrew Heaney, May coming off the, uh, you know, off of Tommy John, Ryan Pepio. Like, I mean, Ty, I mean, Tyler Anderson's been good, man, but you like him. He's supposed to be your four. You know how they're going to expand the uh, yeah. uh, no off days to where you're going to have to use your four starters if you get to the LCS. He's a great four for that. He's not supposed to be your two. And that's where he is right now. Urias, yeah. Anderson, May, Heaney. I mean, because of Heaney and May's. He needs consistent health issues and may coming off TJ. I would slot Anderson ahead of them in terms of reliability right now. And that's not a great spot to be in for October. There's, there's still a month to get healthy. Kershaw and Gonsolin are both expected back, but they're not guarantees. You got to be a little nervous as a Dodgers fan right now. Right? Yeah. And this isn't like a giant Homer. No, no, I know you're not. Yeah. I I mean, we're just reading the tea leaves here and it's it's just straight up. 
like this Dodgers team has dominated the the entire season. I mean, we're not they've got a twenty eight and a half game lead on my Giants and like a nineteen and a half game lead on uh on the Padres. Like they have dominated the season. Um but you look at the roster and you go, How? I like know. I mean it's still great, but it's not as no, great as like it's not as great as it should be. Um or it shouldn't be this great because it's uh because they've uh like really got some issues up and down the roster. So um you know I'm I'm not yeah, I am rooting against the Dodgers because I'm a giant fan. I'm not gonna lie about yeah. that, but uh at the same time, like you're not yeah. framing this as like you're not looking for something because you're a Giants fan. You're just looking at what's going on, and it's clearly not good. And I, I have no allegiance I, I here, could, and I fully agree with you on this. Like, this has the feeling of a 2021 Giants team that dominated the regular season out in the first round of playoffs. Like, that's it does. what this feels like. Um, that's brutal. So, uh, yeah, I mean – yeah, may, I mean, they, like I said, they've been hot all year. Like, they, if they ran the table in October, I would not be surprised. But, yeah. uh, but this is, man, I, if I'm a Dodgers fan, this is like not what I want to see. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I, I, I don't think it's fake. I think it's nerve wracking and I, it's not actionable. I, we just want to bring it up for the talking point of the Dodgers. I like Pepio's stuff, but he has no idea where it's going. So he's dangerous, even as like a fill in. Just be careful here, and uh, hopefully Gonsolin gets back. Yeah. Let's talk about some August stud hitters, and it's a it's a mixed bag here. Like the first guy is a superstar who's not you know available anywhere or anything like that, and then you got some other guys here who would would be on some waiver wires. I'm I'm really looking for your rest of the season, but then also your 2023 outlook on some of these guys. Let's start with Alex Bregman. 229 WRC plus is the best in August. His surge coincides perfectly with him telling our friend Eno. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. I'm finally feeling good. You know, he's obviously been playing all year, but was clearly not at a hundred percent earlier in the year and has finally clicked on that 100% issue with his, or on that 100% feeling with his wrist and look what he's doing with the power. Um, he hit, um, let's see, what is that? Nine homers in the first three months. He has seven in the last two, or excuse me, 11 in the last two. He's just on fire right now. In August in particular, 1173 OPS with seven homers for Bregman. So he's on a heater right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps this going into October. Has a huge, you know, second half plus October. What do you think that would do for Bregman's stock next year, given both third base's ugliness and his, you know, rise back into prominence if he continues to stay hot with Bregman? I mean, the hard part with Bregman is kind of twofold one his injury history his injury history is like you know you can't ignore it um at this point um so uh and he doesn't steal bases like he's not the yeah. guy that he was early on in his career that was the juice is a problem yeah and so um that being said like i could see him being kind of like an early third round pick and actually being okay with that price like that's you know, because I mean, isn't he pretty much like Colorado version, or I guess this year's version of Arenado too, right? Um, so, uh, w- but with an injury history, and so Arenado went in the first round those years, um, and to Bregman, Bregman in the third seems legit fine. Um, I and honestly, I could <clears throat> see him falling out of the third in a lot of leagues 
because of the lack of stolen bases, pitching getting pushed up, closers getting pushed up. Like, if he's a fourth, fifth rounder, like, I think that's an instant smash. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm so in on that with uh, with Bregman if he falls there. I am curious where he goes, though, because third base, everyone's already talking about it for next year. You're starting to see some uh, Rob DiPietro put together a draft. You're starting to hear people talk more and more about 2023, and third base is not getting any better. And no. so Bregman having this big surge could really put himself in position to be one of the better third basemen. I loved him coming into this year, and it took a little while to get going. I did, I did think he would bounce back, and he has. I was kind of hoping for an all-year bounce back, so like 30-plus homers. But the way he's hitting right now, I can't even put 30 out of the question. He needs 10 more, which is a ton. Obviously, he'd have to hit 10 in a month. But the way he's going, maybe so. He loves those Crawford boxes, too. He, but I like Bregman, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that he's back. Uh, in the month of uh, August, he's got a 10% barrel rate, 105.1 max uh, exit velocity, uh, a 92% zone contact percentage. Love that. I mean, like for Bregman, yeah, like you just you you have to love that. And like, his floor like, is so high, and he, like you said, he doesn't steal, so there is a little bit of that lack yeah. of fantasy juice there because he's also not a forty home run hitter. He has done it, but he's not a consistent forty home run hitter. So you're really looking at like upper twenties homers, um, a bunch of runs, and a good number of ribbies with a decent average. That fits, but you do have to build around it. You have to make sure that you're getting those steals elsewhere because he is going to be a drain. He's just going to give you like pretty much you a flat zero. You also want a decent backup that could play third yes. base too, yes. because he, you know, he's gonna miss time. He, he like could, he, he could absolutely miss time again. We don't know if he can stay healthy for a couple of years here. But I just love the plate skills. And anytime somebody strikes out more or walks more than they strike out, which he's close to doing most years, and this year he is doing that thirteen percent walk, twelve percent strikeout. I just love it. So I, I'm still in on Bregman big time, and I'll pay the updated price this year because I don't think it's going to become cost prohibitive. Yep. I, hit, I hinted at Michael Harris being discussed earlier, uh, you know, in that Corbin Carroll realm of like, hey, this is the fresh new do everything in outfielder, excuse me. The Braves, obviously, they've become known now as a prospect factory. When they call somebody up, whether it's a higher end prospect like Harris or a mid tier prospect like Vaughn Grissom, you go get them right away. Harris has been amazing. He's already been paid. So he's locked loaded 13 homers, 15 steals. On the season, he's played 82 games, so you can do the easy double up if you wanted to do some dangerous extrapolation. But just look at the skills. That's all you need to know. 176 WRC plus in August. Where's Michael Harris going to go next year if he finishes strong here and uh, and puts puts the ball on this beautiful rookie season? Probably too high. Um, people are going to see. And I think the contract kind of solidifies that because people are going to be like, well, Braves smart organization. Look, they locked up Albies. They locked up Acuna. Yeah. Like now they've, now they've locked up Michael Harris second. Um, I have some real concerns about the, the plate skills. Like swinging outside the zone 43% of the time, he makes just below league average contact. He's got a 15% swinging strike rate. He's already striking out at 26% clip. Um, the speed's legit. The defense yeah. is really good. He's now paid, so he's going to play every day. Um, I do worry, though, that there's going to be, like, like I think next year is not going to look as pretty as this year. Um, and so, like, I'm probably not going to be as high on Michael Harris as a lot of other people. And I think people are going to look at speed and go, oh, this is a guy who's not a zero, with the, you know, with power, that I can get speed. He's hitting, like, almost 300 this year. I don't think there's any way he can duplicate that uh, over the course of a full season next year. And not unless the plate skills improve. Um, 
So I'm just a little bit concerned. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I think considering where I think he is going to go, he's probably going to be a fave for me. Okay. My pushback on that would be your boy said this year. I think he does pretty much exactly what said has done. 11 homers, 28 steals, 267, 49 ribbies, 68 runs with a month left. That's made him a top 35 player. Why can't Harris do exactly that? Well, I think the easy answer to that is I called said Mullins and I did not call Michael Harris a second. Fair. And therefore <laughs> he cannot have the kind of year that said did on a regular basis because I, I wasn't in on him. No, I, I, um, I think he can. I think that's I think that's the comp that you should look at though, because said's power dropped. We knew it would. It's not a surprise. It's not it, does, it doesn't make him a bust. Everyone was planning to not get 30 homers again. You were hoping to get 30 more steals, a solid average, and who knew with the runs and ribbies because no one knew that Baltimore would actually be kind of decent this year, and we were taking him second, fourth round I, area for Mullins. I mean, I think – He makes more contact. Not, yeah, the plate skills are, are, are drastically better for, um, for, for Mullins. Um, now, that being said, in the month of August, the plate skills have improved somewhat. Right? And they were good in the minors, too. If you look at Harris's plate skills, they're in line with Sed's major league ones. Harris's minor league ones are in line with Sed's major league ones. Yeah, and so, like, you know, he's got an 88% zone contact. Better, right? 85-ish percent is around league average for, for contact. But he's still 15% swing and strike rate, still swing outside the zone over 40% of the time. I just think, like, the, the batting average especially is going to come back down to earth. Um, and so yeah, that's fair. 374 uh, Babbitt for Michael Harris, 298 average. And like he probably can run with a higher Babbitt than normal, but like he's got a 456 Babbitt during this month. Like, um, and so I think, like, I think there are going to be people who are going to project Michael Harris to take another step. That's fair, and I, I definitely wouldn't do that. Prospect growth isn't linear. You should probably bet on a little bit of a comeback based on these skills and some of the metrics that are over, you know, yeah. well over average that should regress, like a 374 bat. Even though he's fast, even though, you know, he can put good contact on it, 374 is almost certainly going to come down on the bat. And then 25% homer to fly ball is really going to come back to earth, I believe. Yeah. With Michael Harris, he skipped AAA to get here, played 43 games in AA. So it's totally acceptable for him to have a peel back. It's really going to come down to that price because I mentioned said Mullins, who's 35th this year. He doesn't have to emulate said Mullins to still be a solid, you know, top 50, top 60, top 100 type player. So it really depends where he's going. I don't know if you have any access to that uh, board that, uh, that that they drafted from with with Rob DiPietro and company. I do, oh. and I'll look for it in a moment. Yeah, if you can I, buy it, I don't know where it is. I forget where Harris went, but um, if he's going anywhere after, like, pick 45, so out of the third, you think he goes in the top three rounds? If he goes out, I think he does. Um, okay. Well, that, that would be a little bit concerning for me then. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see, because I think he's going to be one of these guys who's kind of polarizing. I think there are going to be people who are on board the hype train, and then I think there are going to be people like me who are a little bit more tentative. If he's going in the fifth, sixth round area, I'm okay with that. Like, right, that's like where you got Randy Rosarena. Yeah. Right? Like, like, and I think he could be Randy Rosarena-esque. Um, like, I don't think that's a, there's a problem with that at all. You know, I don't see him moving up the lineup. So, you know, I think there's, you know, an issue there. 
He went uh, in fourth, by the way. Third pick in the fourth round, so that's pick 48. In that, that I feel like that's still a little bit too high for me. He went ahead of Mullins and a Rosarena, yeah. but in that yeah. same round. And Buxton. Interesting quartet of outfielders there. Harris, Mullins, a Rosarena, Buxton, Rankham. Uh, Mullins, a Rosarena, Harris, Buxton. Harris over Buxton? You have to be on the field to accumulate stats. You absolutely do. That's a new rule. Manfred did that, and I think that's unfair. That's unfair. It is. It's totally unfair. Yeah. Let Buxton play MLB The Show, and then however he does in there, we get those stats. You could turn off injuries in MLB The Show, and he'd still get hurt. (laughs) He'd still find a way. (laughs) Um, Dude, that's interesting. That's an interesting group of four there, and I, I love that they all went. Near in that same round of that degenerates, and I'm not calling them degenerates, they called themselves that. I'll call them degenerates. Degenerates, no, I, I mean, I would. I'm just saying, in this instance, I've already done a real draft, and I don't, that wasn't a real. This draft, is real, right? no, it is. Oh, is it real? Oh, yeah. it's real. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah they are. It. They've they are degenerates, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're putting it in um, a real thing, and it's going to be a full on draft, so but they, they didn't, they didn't draft the whole thing, right? They, not yet, I don't believe they have. I, I have seven rounds here, and I got that as part of um, the reliever recon sent it on their Patreon because they were participating, mm-hmm. so that's how hot, hot, uh, still reliever recon, one of the best, you know, not one of the. Yeah, the I mean, Patreon. it's it's like five bucks, like a month, like yeah, just it has just, inspired me. We've already talked about how we're going to work on our Patreon on the off season because mm-hmm. we just didn't have the time to make it what it needs to be this year. They're the gold standard. They're the platinum standard. It's so yeah. good, really, really con. Go sign up for it. If you don't like drafting saves, but it's really difficult for you to chase them, and, and you notice I keep slacking on it, and I keep falling behind, but I never draft saves. Just follow that. Five dollars a month. That will solve your problems because yeah. they'll help you along the way, and it's it's brilliant. It's it's yep. absolutely brilliant. All right, Eloy Jimenez also has a 176 WRC plus, like Michael Harris in August. Obviously, he does things a bit differently. I guess my biggest question with him is not you know do you like him? Is he a good hitter? I think we're both big fans. You talk about health, man. He's two games away from his third straight 55 game season. Obviously. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. I hope he plays more than two games the rest of the year. But he's gone 55 in, in the shortened season, which actually was good. Yeah, that's fine. That's a cool 60, season, yeah. But then 55 out of 162 last year. And so far, 53 out of 120-something this year. I don't know exactly how many games the White Sox have played. So that that's what it comes down to. I, are, are you going to pay, I, I have to say, an overprice? Because he's going to go for more than somebody who plays 60 with games he, a with year. Which he Oh, he dropped yeah, in the seventh he, round. He got him seven in rounds game. of uh, that. He round. was in the seventh. He was the fourth to final pick of of the top seven rounds, and it was the first outfielder for uh, Ryan Venancio, who had Freddie Freeman, Devers, Gosman, Semyon, Felix Bautista, Wander Franco, and then Eloy Jimenez. Uh, and Ryan's a really smart and great podcaster too. Um, so, like, uh, I really, really respect him, like him. Uh, and that being said, awful pick. Right now. I'm just, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. That's that's a really tough one. Like that's, I, it's I, becoming such a problem with Eloy and the injuries that I, I don't know. Like I need a bigger discount than that. I think. To be honest, I think he's one of those guys that I need to see for the agency be over before I'm willing to take a gamble on him because one of the big issues for him is the White Sox, the way they're structured to begin with. Mm-hmm. Now, Jose Abreu is a free agent. 
After there's this no movie. universe where they bring him back, right? Right. I I would None. assume so. That would be insane. They need to put because Vaughn at first, first and DH. DH. Yeah, especially with one more year of Yasmani Grandal, like you need to have he ha- him have the ability to DH or play first base and stuff yep. because he clearly is having physical issues. Uh, yeah, so maybe they like Vaughn still in left enough to at least spell Grandal with yeah. first base games instead of always having to catch. Yeah, so um, I need to see. Because I mean, as much as we say this, Tony LaRusso is still the manager there, um, and so like, who knows what they're gonna do? Um, so I think he is for for people like me who draft really early. Um, you know, will I will do October and November drafts this year? Um, I will likely not touch uh, Eloy at that price or even close to that price. No Eloy until March. Until March, and I know that hey. You know, once they record for spring training and we know, like, this is the team that they're probably heading in with, um, then I'll feel much more comfortable about, okay, Eloy's going to mostly DH. He has a better chance of staying healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I will touch that. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's potentially, like, a two-and-a-half category player, right? You yeah. know, he, he's going to give you homers. He's going to give you RBIs. The batting average can give be you there can be there it might not be there so i think yeah. that's ask. like and do you want to spend that kind of draft capital on a guy who's only two and a half categories yeah i'm hoping for a better discount there i don't hate that price that ryan paid in the seventh but i'm hoping for a little bit of a better discount on eloy yeah. i love your take on waiting to see what they do because they've done some goofy stuff already the white Sox have you can't trust that they won't be like well abreu's a legacy we're gonna bring him back i think it'd be so stupid to resign him but they might agree do it. Let's go out to St. Louis, the Devil Magic, working overtime this year with guys like Brendan Donovan and Lars Utmar. Obviously, just a brilliant name. Uh, everyone talks about how awesome it is. It's, it truly is incredible. But he's having a nice little uh, nice little run here. You look at his full season, 241 plate appearances, nine homers, three steals, and a 134 OPS plus. But just since uh, August here, he's, he's playing really well. 171 WRC plus hit that massive homer on Sunday Night Baseball. That was a hell of a game back and forth, by the way, uh, that they were playing. He's playing, and I got to be honest, listen, Hey, I think you've been on this the whole time. You've never been a huge Dylan Carlson fan. I have been. He's losing PT now because my man cannot hit to save his life. Carlson can't. Apparently, he's too good to trade for Soto. I know that's going to piss off some Cards fans. Unreal. Um, I, I, no, I, I'm, I said that tongue-in-cheek. I, I think it's dog shit that that was framed as though he was the problem. Because like, then people start hating on him for it. Like, he has no play in it. So they're just throwing his name in there. I still think Jordan Walker was the reason that they couldn't get it done. But uh, yeah, Newt, Newt's been playing really well and leading off, Justin. Should Newt Bar be a major piece next year? Do you think he can carry th- forward through the rest of this year into next year as somebody that we're drafting? Okay, so it may be happening too early. Um, and I don't think he has this type of upside. But he's a leading candidate for next year's, this year's Cedric Mullins. Um, he is leading off. Ooh, yep. Um, on a really good team. Lane Thomas. Oh, wait. It wasn't a really good team for Lane Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has got a bit of power. Mm-hmm. He's got That's some speed. Um, yeah, like, this is super, super interesting. Uh, he has got 
really, really good plate skills if you shorten the time frame, right? So, like, you don't notice the good plate skills until you look from, like, second half on. In the second half, you got an 87% zone contact rate, only a 24% O-swing, um, a 8% swing strike rate with some power and some speed. This is super, super interesting. Um, and I'm I'm, I'm blanking on dude's name. And it may be Matt R. who's like right now yelling, new That's my boy Matt. Chat. Yeah. Um, uh, but somebody on, I think it was the Rota Write Up or maybe on Twitter, um, was all like, why aren't we taking Newt Bar in the first round next year? <laughs> and I was all like, uh, well, first of all, he was just like, he wrote Newt. In, and I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, and it's like, you know, and then I finally got it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yes. And I, yeah, so I think it was on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, like, I did. I went and did a kind of deeper dive. And I'm like, oh, my God, I think this is potentially next year's the next Cedric Mullins. Uh, or at least he will be part of that article, depending on where he goes. Problem is, it's starting so early and people are noticing that. I don't. He's not going to go as late as Mullins probably did. True. Um, uh, so I don't know if he'll necessarily qualify. But super, super intriguing. I picked him up in a couple leagues this week, um, just because of that deep dive. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested. He went. You said, or I'm assuming he hasn't gone in that league. So no, um, I mean, not. I don't know yet. It, it, again, if they went further than seven, I don't have access to it. But uh, yeah, Newtbar has been playing his butt off, man. Shout out again to our buddy um, and friend Eno Saris, who has been a big Newtbar fan for a little while. I had a conversation with him prior to the start of the season. I guess he went uh, and did some work at Driveline. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and and uh, and and is uh, paying off. I mean, he's twenty four. He's yeah. just he's killing it, man. And the on base is so nice too, because like he yeah. doesn't have a huge batting average. And it's a pretty low BABIP, too. So I wonder if he can improve the 278 BABIP and then Newt Bar can maybe improve that 245 batting average. But he does get on base at a great clip, 357, thanks to a 15% walk rate. And that's why he's leading off. And simply put, my boy Dylan Carlson is just not making the grade, man. 317 OBP. That's just not going to do it. 9% walk rate's not bad with a 19% K rate, but he's just not impacting the ball. He's, it's just not there. And I the think he's one of these guys that's hurt by the ball change. Like definitely and uh, i don't know listen i've been a fan so i'm not trying to backpedal and get out of my fandom i'm, I'm not even out on on carlson but one of the pushbacks that i always heard from you and others that weren't as keen on him was like it really was just the one big year at double a 2019 and that really did drive carlson's like ascent he was a prospect before that he didn't come out of completely nowhere but that really took him to the next level of prospect and we haven't really seen anything else to kind of back that up just yet, especially because he hasn't run that much at the major leagues. He had and 26 homers, 20 steals in 2019. And that's one of the big issues that I saw coming up with, with Carlson was that he, he kind of figured to be some of the parts, you know, some yeah. of all parts kind of guys. He play like to, 140 games to have him. Yeah. Um, and he's he hit up high in the lineup and like, yeah, I mean, he's not done. Like, he's a guy yeah. like, like I, I'm fine targeting late in the draft because I think he will play um, fairly regularly, and um, and I think there is some upside still there. But like, I I never thought he had a carrying tool in fantasy that made him that attractive that other people apparently I think saw 
Uh, but the devil was, magic? That's what I'm waiting. For. I was I was banking on the devil magic for Carlson. But the devil magic has to come out of nowhere, and people saw Dylan Carlson coming. Like that's the devil magic doesn't work if work if you can already peer behind the curtain. <laughs> Dang it! Come on. Yeah. Well, new bar's killing it. Pick him up. Obviously, he's been picked up in tons of leagues. If he's still out there in your shower formats, go get him. And uh, I really think he could be somebody that we're drafting next year. You don't just put somebody atop your lineup on a strong, strong team that's leading the division if you don't believe in the dude. He's 24 years old as well. He yeah. just just turned 25. Actually, maybe. Wait, did he literally just turn 25 yesterday? Says September 8th. Yeah, I don't know why it lists him at 25 on roster resource. Yeah, he's, he's going to turn 25 in about a week. Yeah, happy birthday, bud! Happy birthday, new bar. Yeah. We know you listen. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we talked about this guy a couple times during the year, and uh, neither of us were in draft interested in drafting him. You weren't even putting him on your list. That's Max Muncy, the elbow disaster. And I mean, this this is as clear cut as it gets to me. All the struggles early on, people were. Not everyone. I don't want to straw man it, but like I, I had some discussions in my chat with people trying to straw man or, or not straw man, twist themselves in the logistical pretzels of what the problem was for Muncie outside of just saying it was the elbow. It was the elbow. Like I, there, there is no other answer. Like I don't know, uh, you know, slow start or bad. No, he couldn't hit the ball well because his elbow was jacked. 613 OPS, 161 average through July with nine homers. Now, Come August, maybe things are getting better with the health. He's at a 970 OPS, 282 average, seven homers. He's almost doubled his home run total in 100 plate appearances here. Seems like the elbow is playing a lot better right now for Max Muncy. You getting back in right now? Obviously, you're not picking him up. He's not available anywhere. Uh, but are you getting back in in terms of your interest in Max Muncy? If he continues to close strong, have a good playoff, are you ready to buy back next year on a guy that you loved but had to fade this year because of the elbow with Max Muncy? tentative that, that, that's leaning no i'm hearing yeah i just i just still feel like i i hate when guys don't get the surgery like just get the surgery like i just i feel like anything could happen mm -hmm. um uh and i just i don't know man like this is such a I feel like there's such like you know just a balloon that's ready to pop at any moment. Like it just like I don't I don't want like I love oh, Max okay. Muncy. I, I you're saying yeah like I like you like things don't just magically get better like that well, not just, magically but I mean it's been five months but only one month of him being good. No, I know. I'm saying four months of time has passed. You said magically. I don't think. I, I think the the duration of time isn't isn't necessarily magic. Like it checks well, out to like me. That like okay, he, that he could be healthier now. But and like every once in a while, there are these players that like have UCL problems, and like they do, they they do the you know the PRP, they do the rest and recovery, and then they um then they end up being fine, right? Like, Tanaka never got the surgery, right? Like, mm -hmm. he, he just kept on rolling. I mean, he, he eventually just fell off, I think, because of age. But, like, it wasn't a health issue, necessarily, with Tanaka. Um, but the vast majority of guys uh, end up needing the surgery. And I know he's not a pitcher. But I just – I think I'm going to rule on the side of caution and continue to fade. He, he's not, like – I mean, unless, like, the price is – 
similar to where the price ended up being, you know, in some drafts this year where like he was going outside the top 200. Like they're all, you know, sure, I can take a dart throw, but um, ultimately I think it's just not worth the risk. Like he doesn't have the kind of upside necessarily that I'm going to go, well, I lost my league because I didn't get Max Muncy. Like I just. Yeah. I mean, but he's got 35 homer upside. He's done that three times. Other guys have 30 homer up. 30 homer upside like that i said other guys have 30 homer upside but do they have three seasons of it on their ledger like max months no i i love max months you like you, i you, you have that, broken up with him i you know i had him ranked as like my number four first baseman prior to the injury anymore. like you yeah, don't I'm, believe he's healthy I'm, i i that's the thing i i just i think we just disagree on whether or not like this this is an in, indicative of him feeling better i feel like it has to be right i mean i feel like it has to be but like there's not much in the numbers that have changed like re- i mean you really look at like and i'm talking about like obviously the underlying numbers but like like there really isn't like that much that he's making a little bit more his own contact um and he has gotten a little bit more aggressive um uh, he's got like Three miles uh, of exit velo, average exit velo. That's pretty good. Seven points of hard hit rate. He's striking the ball exponentially. Yeah, better. you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, you are. You're right. So mm. again, that's that seems to me to scream Muncie's elbows feeling better. I don't know where it's going to go from here. I'm going to continue to monitor. I don't have a draft right now that I have to make that decision. So if it fades back again in September or October, I go back to to moving off. Well, but if he has a strong September and a quality playoff where he doesn't look like the elbows killing Max Muncy, I think I'm back in because I don't think he's going to jump all the way back into like the fourth, fifth round, which is where he was going at his peak. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to jump back there. Like the question is because I think he is. I'm double checking right now. Okay, so he's gonna be second and third base eligible, right? W- would you pay an eighth round pick? I don't think, think I would. Before you answer that, Tanaka didn't like fade out and and fizzle out. He pitched the COVID year and then went back to Japan. He actually pitched uh, two brilliant years this year and last. I just That's want I, I just want Tanaka folks out there. I didn't want that to go unmentioned because I love Tanaka. But yeah, Muncie, w- would you pay an eighth right. rounder? Um, I don't think I would. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't know if that's what, where he's going to go. I just let's he, do. He would you rather? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Would you rather Eugenio Suarez or Max Muncy? Muncy. Seminar Park, Suarez. Park um, uh, Matt Chapman. Chapman. I think go Chapman. Um, DJ LeMahieu. Ooh, that's interesting. I can do the cop-out team build, but uh, let's just go straight up and say we don't have a specific need. I think I'm going to go Muncie. I think you're going to go LeMahieu. I'm going to go LeMahieu. Um, Cabrian Hayes. Cabrizi. I don't know if the power's coming next year yet either. Again, if I'm getting a quality Muncie in September and October, so this is tr- continuing, I'm going to go Muncie. Okay. Um Josh Rojas. Oh, I like Rojas. Alex, plug your ears, buddy. I'm going to go Muncie. Yeah, I still think I go all those guys. I think Rojas and, and Hayes are an argument. I think it really does come down to team context. So, yeah. You don't think LeMahieu does too, though? Like if you need power versus. Yeah, I think, LeMay, I think LeMahieu does as well. Um, 
you know, but like guys like obviously we're taking Bobby Wood Jr., right? Yeah. Um that's the thing too, the the, the bad third base, which we talked about with Bregman, that helps Muncie here, right? It it absolutely does. And second base isn't that great either. Like, exactly. I mean, yeah, the two um, positions that he has. So like I mean, those are gonna be uh I think one of the reasons why he gets pushed back up. <sighs> I mean, here, I think the thing is, like, if I don't get one of the top, like, seven or eight guys at third base, um, I'm probably punting. Because there are some really interesting guys that are going to go late. Sure. Um, but, like, I, I think I, I think it's going to be really hard for me. And, you know, if he does it for another month, maybe I come around. Like, you know, I, 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 could, I, I definitely want to see, I definitely want to see how he finishes out the year. Um, you know, he finishes out the year healthy, finishes the playoff healthy. Um, I could definitely talk myself back in because, like I said, I love Max Muncy. We'll, we'll put that to the test next year yeah. when, when you're not drafting him. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Rivera was traded for Luke Weaver in a very tiny trade that no one really gave too many thoughts to. Not, uh, not surprising. But he has been quite nice with the D-backs. Huge, huge spike in production. Uh, he has a... 163 WRC plus with them five homers in 19 games after hitting six and 63 games with Kansas city. His plate skills are markedly better. He has a 7%, seven point jump in uh walk rate from five to 12%. The strikeouts are only down a little bit from 22 to 20, but even if he was still at 22% with the 12% walk rate, that would be huge. He's clubbing the ball 25% homer to fly ball is, uh, is driving that, uh, the, the home run total there for Emmanuel Rivera. 17% barrel. Is there anything here with Emmanuel Rivera? Is this just a hot run that uh, that could mislead some deeper league folks next year? What do you think of Emmanuel Rivera? He'll be 27 next year with the Diamondbacks having this little second-half power surge. Who? Uh, kind of an interesting guy. Like I, I don't know how much power he really has in the bat, and I mean he's going from a bad park did into a bad park did in. So I guess it's not like but a better bad. one, right? Like it, it is bad to bad, but I think it's I think it's a decent bit better. I think it's so probably much. about the same, um, maybe, maybe a little bit better, but it's a it's a worse division to hit in in terms of like the teams you're going to be going up against. So, but also has cores. Also has cores. This is true, and yeah. Hey, I'm getting home run park factors real quick. So we got KC sitting at 26th over the last three years for right-handers at 82. And then we got the D-back 78. You're right. Worse, actually. Yeah. So, so the overall park factor. The humidor hurts, you know. It, it, it kills it. I, I still would have thought homers would have been a little bit better, but no. In fact, yeah. even overall park factor, uh, because of some of the extra base hits that Kaufman allows, KC is actually better. So it's not the park. Um, it's just Rivera's on a heater, and it's been great. Is it anything to, to write home about, though? I, the plate skills are like we're talking about a guy with you know above average um, zone contact uh, and reach you know and reach rates that are good a swing strike rate that you know should keep him in a low twenties strikeout rate like I think these are legit plate you know plate skills um, I think he could be like a poor man's version of like Anthony Rendon. Um, you know, so like a low twenties homer with a decent batting average um, type of thing. I think the Dimebacks are going to be better um, here. Yes, um, I, think, I think they actually have a sneaky, yeah, a sneaky core that can could make them 
a uh, Baltimore type team next year where they're in the mix. By the way, two of the five homers with K with with the Diamondbacks did come in Colorado, <laughs> so he did leverage that uh, that new yeah. division a little bit off rip there. He had one against Pittsburgh. Uh, two in Colorado, one at home against Colorado, and then one at the White Sox a, a park that he's more familiar with, having been with KC. But yeah, you know, I think there's some deep league appeal here. Is Rivera somebody you would take a look at in your uh, DCs, your drafting holds, your uh, yeah, draft for sure. leagues next year? Okay. Yeah, or even like as like a, a late CI pick, um, you know, in a 15 team league type thing. Like, I mm -hmm. think he's he is nothing special. Like, I do not see a breakout or anything coming. But He's been hitting second a ton since coming over. Um, he, What's his positional? Does he have any eligibility besides third? Just third. He can play first, but just he's just third. Okay. Um, but like, especially if you play like on base percentage leagues, yeah. um, points leagues, right? Like you know, doesn't hurt in strikeouts, gets points and walks. Like the, he's he is kind of a format play. Yeah, um, Manuel Rivera will have pockets of value. Yeah. Um, I mean, in many ways, like, like Eduardo Escobar was when he was in Arizona, where, like, like I don't think he's going to have, like, that huge power year. Um, but, like, he's going to play every day. He's going to, you know, he's going to kind of accumulate. Yeah. He's in a good spot in that lineup that I think is just going to get better and better. So, yeah, I, I, I like uh, Rivera. That's an interesting name, by the way, too. Yeah, because mm -hmm. he doesn't have the profile of Eduardo Escobar, but Emmanuel Rivera could be, like, a poor man's. Cheaper mm -hmm. version of that. You just draft him. You try to get your twenty-two yeah, homers like, with a two sixty-five and twenty some. homers, two seventy. Um, yeah, with you and know like, runs and ribbies that could be better because Arizona could be better. I agree with you three, on that. Three sixty OBP, something like that. Like, and yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like, you know, that would um, definitely work. Yeah. All right, last one. This one I'm just looking forward on Adley Rutschman. He has a one sixty-one WRC plus. Um, in August, he's making a run, and I tell you what, it, it could come down to the very end here. He's making a run at this rookie of the year. I know J-Rod obviously having a brilliant season, leader in the clubhouse right now, but hard charge and Adley Rutschman actually has the war advantage right now um, because, you know, he catches and he does it very well. What I'm looking for, what I'm asking you though, is next year is he the uh, is he the top three catcher? Is he the C one? Where, where are you taking Rutschman next year? Oh man, um, well, Rubuto, Will Smith. He's I think top. Only, I think I was going to guaranteed ahead of him, man. I think he's definitely to top C3, five. I think I you, mean, can, you can start taking him. At C. I'm not saying he's my 100% C three. I think once you get to C three. Is when you can start to, yeah, I agree. Go for Adam, and um, if you so choose, yeah, he's going to be on a lot of my teams. I think uh, I really like him. A lot. I, I love him too. I, I, he's I really rarely, I rarely want to take catching prospects because they're such a disaster. But he's hit the ground running. He is generational. I'm going to make the same mistake I did with Matt Weeders. I don't care. Give give me all of it. I, he's already better than Weeders. Like it's just, I mean. Um, I, I I mean things obvious. I think his hit tool is just too good to uh, to fall apart. Like I just yeah. like yeah. I mean um, maybe he doesn't turn into a superstar, but Don't like you say that he's gonna. I feel like That's this feels like Buster Posey. Exactly. It, it, it's it's you know the Weeders comps are easy switch hitter. Went to you know coming out of college, top pick, etc. etc. Cetera, et cetera. But it feels more like Posey. Mauer, just like predetermined superstar. 
Hopefully, I, I doesn't mean, deal with the health of Mauer, by the way. But that that kind of eliteness. And so, for those of you who don't know, like I grew up in the Washington D.C. area before um, the Nationals moved to Washington. That's right. Or, That's right. Know, um, and so, like I grew up with the Orioles being the quote unquote hometown team. Um, and so, like, I have a real soft spot for the Orioles, like, just in general, aside from my Cedric Mullins love. Um, and, uh, man, I'm getting excited about that team. That's going to be a really, really fun team here. Pretty, It soon. really is, man. I, I like, even if they fall short this year, kind of the way the Mariners did last year, it's going to be that same story where, like, you can see exactly how they can build on it. And we see the Mariners being a lot more firm this year. And what I mean by firm is, like, last year they were doing well, but we knew the one-run record, and there was a little bit of sketchiness to it in terms of they were kind of running hot. That's the Orioles this year. But next year they're going to be a year older with these players. They're going to add more players. <sighs> Ball they have color. like nothing on the payroll. It's thing. coming, folks. Uh, like yeah. they, mm -hmm. they're gonna be they're gonna be in this mix now for a while. And so yeah, with Adley again, I would take Real Muto and Smith ahead of him. I'm not even gonna say 100 percent for sure. I might take him over. I'm taking Real Muto. Real Muto is the only one I'm one jillion yeah. percent taking over Adley right now. Everything yeah. else is up in the air. Like I could definitely take him as the C two. So that's where Catching, I'm at with Rob. catchers. Are gonna be a lot better. I mean, well, at well, least finally. At least, at least just once, yeah. Yeah, because we, we were talking about how, you know, Kirk, Varsho, Smith, Adley, Melendez, this young wave is coming. Uh, Stevenson was part of that. Ruiz was part of that. They both uh, – Stevenson had injuries. Ruiz hasn't quite panned out. But we saw this wave. It's finally starting to pay off. Throw Sean Murphy in that too. Mm -hmm. Catcher could actually be kind of hot next year, especially for one-catcher leagues, but even for yeah. two-catcher leagues. One-catcher league, do not take a catcher until the end. I mean – don't. Like it's just, I mean, just like we just talked about badly. I, we might have gotten you excited for him, but in a one catcher league, I'm not going to take him. There's going to be too many. They're going to be enough. I'll take Jonah Heim 10th. I got Wilson Contreras as like the like ninth or tenth catcher yeah. off the board. Like, just like, and I was like, oh, okay, he's going to be in a better situation no matter where he ends up next year. Like, it's exactly, yeah, I mean, no, I'm with you. In one catcher, I'll take his brother, William Contreras. In one yeah. catcher leagues, don't go hot hard but in two catcher leagues i'm gonna go for the superstar one and then have like a solid second like i'm gonna go adley cal raleigh type of deal something like that so uh, yeah. we'll see how that goes but anyway go out and get those call-ups save that money get that money ready for corbin carroll this weekend uh maybe get some garrett mitchell if you don't he have went for 340 something to Derek van riper in, in and cal. you just said he made a huge run right into first oh, yeah. recently yeah I, and he got carroll yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna continue to try to track him down, and I think I can. Um, but Derek has uh, just been on fire, and you know benefited from a really nice trade uh, with Jeff Zimmerman. Um, so like, uh, this is it's gonna be tough to catch him. Uh, but you know the, the the bummer is, I had Corbin Carroll on my team, oh, and, and you had to move on. I had to move on because injuries hit me, and um, and uh, and I didn't think he'd get the call until September. Um, I mean, it, it is pretty much September now. But wait, um, when did you cut him? How long ago? I think back in July. Okay, at least it wasn't like a week ago, and then he got no, no, no. That would have been tough. But the hard part is like in Tout. Tout has this weird rule, which I I, I you know I love Tout. Don't get me wrong. I hate this rule um, where if you pick up a guy, you have to start him. Yes. And so I picked him up and had to take a zero that week. I got to be honest. I kind of like that rule. I hate that rule. Why do you hate it? It's like there should be a little punishment for stashing, right? 
And why should there be a punishment? The punishment is you're wasting a bench spot. Well, because the waiver wire is already tapped. You're not wasting yeah. a bench spot because there's nothing else to get. So if you could just get them freely with no penalty, I think it's a good counter to the fact that the waiver wire is already pretty barren, and you have to think twice if you want to do that stash. Do you want to take one week as yours? I actually mm -hmm. like it in the context of tout because of unlimited IL. If there wasn't unlimited IL, I would support your side more. Yeah, I guess that. I think it's a decent counter to the fact that My the pool is going to be empty most of the time. My only pushback is that it hurts me in this moment, and fair. I don't fair. like when things hurt me. That, that um, is a that's a good point that you you disagree with when yeah. things aren't good for you. Yeah, I mm -hmm. understand that. I feel the same way. Like when things are for me or or against yeah. me, I'm like, hey, that that sucked. I didn't like that. Which isn't as important to me, but well, I get where you're coming from. Understandable. Understandable. <laughs> are we gonna catch Striker? I'm not. I don't know. I, I bet we as like the collective, the 14 of us that are that are trying to chase him here with uh, Miami Mac, Ray Diaz, uh, the closest right now at 13 points back. You got uh, uh, Tanner Bell and, and Jeff Zimmerman there at 91 points, 89 and a half for Jason Gill. I have 89. I spike up as high as 92, down to 89, up to 90, back to 89, up to 9. I'm just like bouncing back and forth depending on where my pitchers are. I just hope that when the wheel stops, I'm in this, I'm in second place because <laughs> I can get as high as second place, but you know, then somebody else has four pitchers pitch the next day. And then I lose those K points. I just need to end on the high note and uh, hopefully I get a bunch of two start weeks that final week there. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to catch striker. Well, even more importantly in the other main event, he's in with me. He's third overall. Yes. Um, he's having a season man uh, with uh, Bob Kramatola, who's uh, a really, really nice guy uh, that I got Done. to in Vegas. Um, uh, in first place, Steve right Weimer and, has fifth and sixth, by the way, and, and Jeff Erickson's in ninth. Yes, so um, Jeff and Scott in the top 10 mm -hmm. makes, making their pod even better than usual. Yeah, so uh, good luck to all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really hope that uh, one of them can, can take it down. Uh, I'd love to see, like, you know, I love Bob, I love Steve, but like, um, I'd really love to see Scott or, or Jeff take it down just because. I think often in just like the high stakes world in general, but just in general, when you hear, you know, the regular eggs on Twitter talk about, well, these fantasy analysts, these oh, quote unquote yeah. experts aren't really that good of players. And to see someone like one of these guys, um, I mean, Runaway is a bunch of studs to begin with. Of you course. Know, Clay Link, Todd Zola, both taking down TGFBI overall. Um uh, James Anderson's a stud. Jim, James Harris. Anderson's a stud. Yeah, I mean, just um, like it's just a it's just a fantastic organization. Uh, but I would love to see Scott. You know, Scott and I um, know each other really well outside, uh, or or well I enough outside Scott. of. Uh, I don't Scott know if I've ever told you this. Scott, Scott's wife and my wife went to yeah. school together. Like, Which I mean, is like amazing. Yeah, yeah that, like, that's like so cool that you guys had that link. So outside like, of, I'd love to see one of them take it down for sure. Uh, um, you know, that. Uh, our boy uh, Ian Khan there is in 16th. Robert Mershak, that's his again partner. another just stud player. Mm -hmm. uh, and just a jet, you know, Ian and I are really good friends outside of uh, outside of the fantasy stuff and just a, a genuinely great dude. Um, and Robert's a really, really good player and really good dude as well. So, um, like I just, you know, I'd love to see one of these interesting guys take it down. Uh, you know, and obviously it's always great to see your friends do well. Mm -hmm. um, I hate them. Uh, yeah, most mostly because I'm not doing well 
but uh, you know, hopefully, Tout DFS or uh, the championships uh, start yes. tonight. Hopefully, I will be taking that down. You got a um, big shot. You have more entries so, than anybody. You got a quarter of all the entries. Yeah, Jeff Erickson is one of the two people who has two entries. Matt Trussell from Raspball, the other guy, has got two entries. But other than that, it's there's 16 total entries. I have four of them, um, and That's so. Incredible. I'm hoping I don't choke it away. Uh, so that starts tonight. Wish me luck. Uh, and, uh, yes. Yeah. Good luck to you. We were talking some of the pitchers. It's a big pitching night. I hope you guys mm -hmm. hit, and I hope you bring it down. We'll be back later in the week. Until then, Justin, take care. Take it easy.